0: Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Alan Parry Podcast, where I interview fascinating people and then let you listen in. In this episode, I'm talking with one of Britain's leading celebrity and commercial photographers, Sharon Latham. For the past seven years, she's had one of the most high-profile jobs in football photography as the official photographer for Manchester City, one of the richest football clubs in the world. She was the first female Premier League photographer ever. And now as a freelancer she's been Noel Gallagher's photographer and Bruce Springsteen. I ask her how it all happened, I get her tips on how to become a great photographer yourself and why she thinks that there's more to it than just having a good eye. She also walks us through her creative process step by step and tells us how she was able to succeed in a male environment. It's an unmissable interview so here she is, Sharon Leyden. Okay, so welcome, Sharon. Thanks for coming on to the podcast.
1: No, thank you for having me. Hi, how are you?
0: I'm good, yeah, and um, I'm glad you're on because you've had one of the most high-profile jobs in sports photography for the last seven years, and you've recently gone freelance, so I know you'll have a lot to kind of teach people about, you know, the creative process and and working in high-pressure environments and all that sort of stuff yeah i can do not a problem well I'll, I'll go into all the city stuff a little bit later on i just wanted okay. to kind of um bring it back to the roots because as i say you're you're a you're a top top photographer um and i, I think it's fair to say you specialize in celebrity photography
1: yeah yeah i would say so i mean i think uh, the world of sports photography as i've been in with manchester city sort of led has led me to that path now but i enjoy the mystique and uh the high profile of celebrity photography definitely yeah
0: See, i remember when i used to chat to your celebrity celebrity photography was something that you were very keen on so it's it's interesting that that's where you've ended up as well
1: yeah yeah i think um it's a bit of a it's been a bit of a dream and a bit of an ambition to do so as you say to get where i am now is is amazing really from what i was so i'm really chuffed <laughs> <laughs> so so what was your when you
0: go back, you know, I often ask this of people, um, you know, both outside and on the podcast. When someone has a passion like, like yours, like you spend your days, day in, day out, taking snaps, what was your very first interest in, in photography going way, way back? The very first time it kind of enraptured you, basically.
1: Um, I think a lot of it stems back from being very, very little. Um, my dad, way, way back then, had a, a camera and used to take it everywhere with him. Um, and I was enthralled with how he did that and what he did
0: What was and it that enthralled you
1: about it? I just found it I found it great and uh, I found it unbelievable because he had a dark room as well that you could see this little box and I was probably about six or seven you saw this little box and he'd point this little box at you and then, you know, either the next day or the day after he'd come out of this little room and there'd be pictures it was, it, I just found the whole thing fascinating So it was like magic, really? Yeah, it, it, to a small child, yeah um and unfortunately when I was eight he passed away um and I got the camera and I still have the camera right um it doesn't work anymore but I still keep it it's sort of like um I don't know it's like a little touchstone
0: yeah it's like symbolic of your first interest
1: yeah and it reminds me as well what inspired me and why I enjoyed it doing it in the first place and then Over the years, as life goes on, excuse the aeroplane going over the top of me, I'm sat outside my garden. Um, I don't blame
0: you, the weather's very nice.
1: Absolutely gorgeous. As time went on and and I carried on through life, photography was always there. It it was either a really strong hobby or I'd go and set myself little projects and I'd try and take photos every day. Um, But then, as you say, life goes on and I had a family and... Even though I continued with the hobby and continued with my passion, it, it wasn't till later in life that I thought I went. Well, I want to do this properly.
0: Well, I, I understand that thing about the whole magic box, you know, producing photographs, especially when you were really young. But once you got into into it yourself, even to this day, what does it mean to you to kind of take a photograph? What's so special that you keep on doing it day in day out?
1: I push myself as well. I do. I do push myself. I just love the creative part of it. I love the fact that you can either you can either catalogue something and capture a really really important moment. And when I read an important moment, I'll refer back to things like football, yeah, like winning the FA Cup in 2011, and being able to be in the dressing room, which is a massive honour. But then being able to actually, literally, in its own format, create a piece of art from a, celebra- a celebratory moment. I just That creative element's there. But then also on the other side of the coin, if you're creating a picture and you're actually producing it, so you're setting it up. Tentious, but it is.
0: Oh, I lost you a little bit there. You were talking about um, when you're setting it up, you're actually creating the picture. Tell us about that again. Yeah,
1: so when you set it up, you're creating the picture. You're almost creating a piece of art. Yeah. So for me, that's quite expressive. So I can do a portrait shoot um i can set up the portrait shoot and actually capture the person as an individual so it's the whole for me it is it is the creative process it is a, ca- a case of i get a massive kick when i actually look at the picture and think yep i did that i created that image that is definitely that person or that is definitely that moment it's it's amazing i love it absolutely love it it's it must be the same with songwriting it must be the same with songwriting
0: yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I suppose. Um, although I think with songwriting, um, you don't really capture something that's actually... I mean, I suppose you can to an extent, but when you when you take a photograph of, of, of say, a live event, you're capturing a moment of history yeah. that is actually there. If I yeah. were to write a song about it, it would kind of be my interpretation of it. Yeah, But for I suppose instance, so. that yeah. picture that you just referred to in the dressing room is, is something... Beyond again, isn't it? There's been yeah, some... I
1: mean, I, yeah, there's, I've been so privileged in, in so many instances, it, you know, not just with the football, but behind the scenes with stuff as well, to actually capture moments for Manchester City fans that they probably would never see, yeah. in, you know, in the dressing room or on the training pitch or on pre season or wherever. And again, you sort of have a little bit of a responsibility to fans as well to make sure that you put yourself in their shoes to think right okay what would they want to see and, and yeah because
0: you're their eyes aren't you yeah i, yeah. I mean I'm a, I'm a keen football fan as well but that's true the photographer yeah. is basically the like almost like the insider spy on behalf of the fans like yeah. look, and look, look look what they're doing look what he's just done look, exactly look at him in training. exactly
1: and we were we were very we were, as, as a club city were quite innovative with how they did it i don't think there were many clubs doing it at the time and I went into Carrington and built the relationships with the players. Carrington's and the their
0: training centre, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah.
1: It was back then. They've moved now. But back in the day, it was Carrington and, you know, it was the likes of Craig Bellamy and Carlos Tevez and Nigel De Jong. It was that sort of era. And um, the relationships I built with them meant that I sort of, like, became moulded into the background, so to speak. So it was nothing unusual for them to walk into the boot room and there was Shaz on the floor taking photos. Yeah. So you were actually then in a position to be a camera out the way and nobody noticed you taking the photos, so to speak. So they were completely natural. And the fans absolutely loved it. And there was little seven-picture galleries that went up on the website. And I remember my content manager coming back to me and saying, we've got to do this every every other day because it's like the hits on the website are massive. And Yeah. And I just thought, well, all I'm doing is just taking photos of what they're doing. It seemed a bit bizarre then. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized what you said there about the fact that fans weren't seeing this. Yeah. So then I, I took a bit of responsibility and thought, right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it really, really well. Cause I'm going to think like a fan. So again, that was a massive buzz for me because I just thought the more people that were seeing what I was seeing and rather than me taking it for granted was, it was such a big deal. It was really, really good. And then from there over time, obviously city TV then developed and said, you know, we're going to do inside city and, they started doing videos of it as well. So our website at City was was the forerunner for, for those sort of things. And I think, if I'm being honest, some of my pictures were the forerunner for that, which yeah. is great. But, again, it, it was a creative process for me because I, again, got a kick out of the fact of, right, look, I've just got just naja Young bantering with Julian Lescott and it looks great and the fans will love that. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, so it's you, you really the... saw
0: yourself as a fans representative?
1: On some instances, yeah, I did. And as time went on, it was it was it was more relevant than that was the case because I'd go to games and I'd try and get stuff in the tunnel as well to make sure that fans could see what was going on in the tunnel. And now, as time's gone on, our social media world, you know, there's more access for doing that as well. So we've got like Twitter and you know you know live Facebook feeds where we can actually see players arriving at the airport to go on trips and things like that. So times have moved on. and and that's only in the past seven years. Well, think I about think that's that. a big
0: lesson to for many creatives though. And I think, you know, I'm 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 a songwriter as well, as you know, but um for any creative really that I think sometimes we do take for granted what's behind the scenes. We present the finished product, but revealing what goes on behind the curtain. People people really interested in that stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean it's even relevant now. When I've I've just been recently doing some uh, photography of Noel Gallagher on his tour. Yeah. And it's great to go in the pit at the front and you photograph Noel on the stage, etc., performing out to the fans. You turn round and you photograph the fans and you get shots of them really enjoying the concert and all the rest of it. But after the first three songs, that's usually it. The photographers get taken out of the pit and removed. Yeah. I've been very, very lucky in respect of Noel's got me Access All Areas. So I've been photographing then out of the pit on the stage. So while Noel's performing out to all those fans, I'm able to photograph from that vantage point. And again, that's quite behind the scenes it. Eh? Yeah. And quite documentary style.
0: Yeah, I was, um, that's what I was thinking. It's quite an historic document for some yeah, of these gigs.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, some of the pictures that he's put on Instagram have, have had some great comments. and And it's simple pictures of him just walking back from the microphone and capturing just literally glancing into the camera and a little smile which you don't see very often from no, <laughs> um but yeah it, it, again it's a docu behind the scenes sort of style and again it's making yourself not invisible but but blending in um and familiarizing because one thing i did do is i got to know all the all the the guitar techs and the lighting techs so i started making them bronies and millionaire shortbread to keep me in the in in the, in, the yeah. in their good books, so I can sort of like sit behind an amp or hide behind a light, and and that keeps them sweet as well. So again, thinking from a fan's perspective and thinking from Noel's perspective as well as what he wants to be seen, so yeah. it's cool.
0: Well, it's funny you should say that because one of the things I was going to ask you about was when when I kind of enter your name into Google, I get taken to um to things like Man City websites like Blue Moon and stuff like that. And it's it's very obvious that you were very well liked by the fans, and it's obvious as well from what they're saying that you were you were clearly genuinely liked by the players. Yeah and, yeah. and you're talking there about you know getting to know the guitar techs and all the kind of sound people and all all the people who make the show happen behind the scenes. When you're a photographer, especially a photographer of people rather than a photographer photographer of things, to what extent? does the fact that you're very kind of bubbly and and go out of your way to be a people person. To what extent is that important as a photographer of people?
1: Absolutely vital. Absolutely vital. And and the thing is, I think my personality lends well to it. I think um, you can have all the technical knowledge and be an amazing photographer, but if you're photographing people, you've got to have... A, a warmth and empathy and a sympathy to what the individuals are doing and just the fact that they're human beings like yourself. You know, people can get starstruck. People can, oh, look, it's, you know, it, it's Sergio Aguero or whatever, or, oh, look, it's Noel Gallagher. And y- you can't because they are just normal people. Yeah. Genuinely, they are just normal people. And But I also think the sheer fact that, yes, I have the capability to warm with people mm. and make them smile and make them laugh, makes them more relaxed with me. And I think that's so important. The old saying that I always pick up on from, from years and years ago is people buy people first. Yeah. And That's right, you, know, you used to be yeah. in sales yourself, I did Yeah. You? I yeah, remember yeah, I used, you saying I, yeah. that, yeah. I used to be in sales and and the old adage was people buy people first. If they yeah. buy you, they'll buy your product. Yeah. And that's that's sort of stayed with me and and it has a relevance now to what I do that that people will be happier in your company if you're a warm, endearing and, and, and lively sort of person. I remember a few players <clears throat> would say, oh my gosh, it's great when you're having a really rubbish day. You can walk out to training and Shaz will always be there smiling. Yeah. Um, Because it is very rare that I, I get down. I just do tend to be quite an upbeat sort of person. Yeah. yeah so you... that, yeah, it is really... Uh, your personality for me and what I do, it's absolutely vital. And I think for anybody in business...
0: But you must get better pictures because I mean I've, I've yeah. done some I've done a few little kind of film projects. Um, one of them was with elderly people in Liverpool and, and they're not used to being in front of the camera mm. and I, I found that I found that the personal style would turn someone who would have been wooden into a human being and what you're trying to document is, is the human being in your yes. photographs
1: Yeah 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 And also as well if you if you, if you connect with them, And if you have a a conversation with them, or banter with them, or whatever, you're going to get the real them. Yeah. Rather than, okay, sit here, smile. Uh, Nobody wants to have their photograph taken anyway, let's be honest. That's true. Nobody wants to have a camera pointed in the face. But if you've got somebody who's lively, smiley, friendly, uh, 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 and not, you know, just pointing a camera in your face... uh, Yeah, because the... The best photographs,
0: aren't they, is where the photograph actually captures something of the individual. When yes. you look at the picture yeah. and you go, OK, I kind of know something about that individual just from yeah. this photograph.
1: And you can still do that in a non-documentative sort of style as well. So yeah. we've talked talked—we've talked about documenting moments. We've talked about, um, you know, documenting gigs, etc. Those are all things that happen in life. You can actually make sure in a portrait situation, and it's the same if I have somebody who's coming to do a portrait with me. I will spend I will take them, yeah, it'll take half an hour for me to take the photograph. Yeah, you know, but I want to spend an hour of time chatting with you, talking to you. Yeah. And that would be the same for anybody from you know, Bob the Builder to, you know, I don't know, Jimmy Smith, the superstar celebrity football player. Yeah. So spending time and actually getting to know the person and also researching them beforehand. Gives you an insight into them as an individual and allows you to photograph them in a way that's them rather than just a cold, harsh portrait photographer.
0: I want to get into your creative process, but be, before I do, I, I noticed, I've just written it down actually, you said they're just normal people. Yeah. And I had two reactions, and the first one was, yeah, well, they are, aren't they? They are just people. And the second reaction was, but they're not really, are they, you know, these are... Hugely successful people, whether they're top—I mean, Man City is one of the richest football clubs in the world, and they were—they the, won the league while you were there. They won all sorts of trophies. Mm-hmm. These are top top um, achievers in their field. If you're thinking of people like Noel Gallagher or Bruce Springsteen, who 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 was who you photographed recently, these are top top people, aren't they? So I know what you mean. They are just normal people, but at the same time, they're they're in this kind of elite of achievers. And I'm just wondering, really, how do people take? Because you, you you undercut all that. You've got this kind of um, Victoria Wood quality to you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, so, I
1: like that. She's a ledge. She honestly. is. Yeah.
0: Well, well, how how do they take to that? Because you're not someone who really will will grovel up to people. You you kind of bring it down to a very down to earth thing. I imagine.
1: How, yeah. Is does that always go down well? Honestly, I've never ever had a bad reaction even why do even, you think that is why, why do have, you think I these have, big stars I, I
0: don't want to be kowtowed to is it do you think it's just a refreshing thing that someone's actually a
1: yeah yeah i think you've hit the nail on the head i think it is refreshing but also as well you know i, I won't deny it sometimes it's difficult to break through and that's that's that again that's using your skills and your relationship building skills yeah and sometimes if you've not got a lot of time then you're not as successful as you could be. But the more time you have, the better it is to to break down some of the more difficult characters. I mean, I'm trying to think. Ronaldo, recently when I did the the photobomb,
0: Afterwards, oh yes. Well t- yeah. tell us about that because I've seen yeah. that but other people might not have done, but yeah, yeah, that is typical you tell me.
1: Yeah, so the Ronaldo photobomb bomb was done unintentionally but, but worked in so my favour This, favor this again. is this is
0: a photo of Ronaldo, isn't it? Yeah that someone's taken and yeah. you're photo bombing Ronaldo. Yeah and I can't think of a I can't think of a, a more you know if, if there's anyone you don't want to take take the glare of publicity away from, it's probably Ronaldo Ronaldo, I yeah But they so, were Yes. So, so what happened as a result of that?
1: So I, he was, he was on the bench, on the away bench at the Etihad stadium. And I could hear literally all the cameras clicking. And I wondered what, I wondered what was going on. <laughs> so I popped my head around the side and saw it was him. And as I looked, I saw there must've been about 20 photographers all photographing <laughs> sat on the bench. So I just thought, go for it. So I popped my head over the top and pulled a little funny face <laughs> and quite a few of the photographers snapped it. And it went out on social media. Yeah, And, literally, as the photograph was taken, he turned round and spotted me, (laughs) didn't say anything and just carry on sitting there. And I was in the tunnel. So he had to walk down through the tunnel. So as he walked down through the tunnel, I thought there's either going to be one of two reactions. He was either going to kick off at me (laughs) or he's going to ignore me or whatever. Anyway, he came up to me and just smiled at me and shook my hand. Oh, lovely and then turn around and allowed to take and let me take a really nice portrait shot of him as he was walking down which was really quite cool because he wasn't in the best of moods yeah because he he wasn't playing that game yeah yeah he, he likes was to injured. play doesn't he yeah, yeah. he yeah. was injured so but he did smile and was quite quite you know gentle about gentlemanly about it and quite funny so again you know you're quite right it, it's a case of he is a super superstar but I wouldn't treat him any different. I well, wouldn't uh, do the same. Carlos Tavis was the same, and yeah. he used to be classed as grumpy, and you know, and all the rest of it. And he wasn't grumpy. Yeah, he was my little favourite friend. <laughs> Tavis. We got on really, really well. But uh, again, at the first, he was a bit of an enigma. And and, and,
0: and for non football people, he was like a top top Argentine oh, international, was. international. Wasn't he? He Was yeah, top, and top he,
1: footballer. And he 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 was a bit of an enigma when when he came to us at City and. Again, I instantly started to build relationships with him at the training ground by just doing sneaky little jokey things with him. And it, it, he warmed to me. And he was a very, very endearing character, a very nice man. Um, nothing like the press and the media made him out to be. He, I, I found him incredibly, incredibly nice guy.
0: Well, it's funny because I I, I watched a... Um, I went to this event and the music journalist, Paul De Noir, um he he's had this long history of interviewing Paul McCartney, you know, going over years and he, he did a yeah. he did a book um all about it and that's that was the launch and I went to this event. But he was saying that for someone like Paul McCartney, he said like he's almost he almost seems to have two Pauls in his head, the public Paul and the real private Paul, you know, the, the person that he actually yeah. is. Yeah. And so I'm guessing that everyone always talks of the public Paul or the public Ronaldo or yeah. the, the public whoever. And your style is maybe connecting with the real thing, and yeah. and 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 that's that's what we want. don't we? we want to connect as ourselves. Well,
1: yeah. And also, if you're connecting as a human being, that's going to come across in the photograph. Yeah. And then that's going to help. Then other people looking at the photograph and go like you said earlier. Oh my gosh, that's the real such a body. Or I see them like that. Yeah. You know. And it's evidence in in all sorts of celebrities. So in the same, it's the same in music as it as in acting as it is in football. So. I'm not going to change who I am either. I find if if people change who they are to do something, then they're not actually being true to themselves. Yeah. And I think what I do, because it's just me and the camera, I can't be anything else but me. Yeah. And luckily for me, my style and my personality works well with everybody. Yeah, You know, if it didn't, I still probably wouldn't change it. Yeah. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be true to myself. But I think I've, I'm, I'm, I count my blessings, and I think I'm so grateful every day that I get to take photographs and I get to do what I do because it is my passion. It is what I love to do, and I don't see it as a job. You know, they are with the old saying of do your passion and what you love, and you know, you'll never work a day in your life. It, it, it does honestly feel like that. It is amazing to do, but as I say, it's still me. I don't I wouldn't change who I am for the world well tell us
0: how you got the Man City position because I remember there was a time where you actually lost touch with the passion as many people do during life they lose touch with the things that they most love and you you kind of got that back again so tell us the process how you 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 became who you are basically
1: well it all stemmed from uh, a very nasty car accident um, I was involved in a car accident where I actually broke part of my spine and damaged my spinal cord, the nerve endings. So I was actually paralysed on my right hand side and spent a long time in hospital. And obviously in that sort of situation, you do sort of become depressed and lose the faith slightly and, and then after that...
0: Well, you were wheelchair-bound for a yeah, long time. Was, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, you lived around the corner from me. I remember I used, I did, to, yeah. I used to wheel you around the street sometimes, <laughs> did, didn't I? Yeah.
1: Um, but I, it,
0: was, it was. But they did tell you, didn't they, that, they, that, you, would, that you would never walk again? Yeah,
1: yeah. and and it, it took a good two and a half years to get out of the wheelchair, get moving, get mobile. But even still then, I felt a lot of self-confidence gone. I did feel um, I couldn't do anything again. Even though I was walking, I still didn't feel brilliant because I'd lost a huge chunk of time. And I think my personality sort of ebbed and I and I had a lot of insecurities. And then I thought, no, have a go, pick your camera up again. So I did. Um, spent a lot of time photographing AFC Liverpool, spent a lot of photograph t- time photographing other things that I liked.
0: And AFC Liverpool is an, is a non-league football club, yeah. isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. and um, enjoyed that, enjoyed doing that. And then... Slowly but surely, I thought, right, okay, let's get out there and, and, and have another go. And there was a, an opportunity to volunteer for the Manchester International Film Festival. And I thought, well, let me volunteer and get back into it that way.
0: Was it the film uh, festival or Manchester Sorry, just Manchester, yeah, Manchester International, International Festival, festival yeah.
1: not the film festival, Manchester International Festival. So I did a, a full stint of two weeks volunteering for them, capturing everything from uh, musicians in the most incredible settings in manchester to um street photography to parties the whole two weeks of it had an absolutely amazing time and um the pictures then were put on the on the on the website for the festival and they were seen by various people and one of them was an old contact and an old friend that i used to work with before and he said to me he said oh he said you're back in photography then and i was yeah yeah i am and he said to me he said oh he said you know, I, I know that um, Manchester City are, uh, are are looking for freelancers. Why don't you have a go there? And I did. And well, then, what was your
0: thought when he said that? Were you kind of yeah, would, okay, well, or I'd, would you like no? Yeah, because
1: I've, yeah, no, because I've had the feedback from the website pictures yeah. at the festival. I felt a lot more cool. You, you get you get if you get a, a lot of social acceptance, or you get people saying they like your stuff, your confidence boosts up again. That's so nice. when he said, "Why don't you have a go?" I thought, "Yeah, I'll have a go." They won't take me. But I'll have a go. So that was my still a little bit of insecurities. And then when I went along and they said, yeah, yeah, we could do with somebody covering home games. Can you just do a couple for us? And I did. And um, their press officer there was a a, a wonderful lady called Vicky Kloss. She's still there now. And she was blown away and said, oh, I'm loving your style of photography. Love it. Will you come back and do every home game? So I started off freelancing at City back then. And then I'd been doing that since the July after the pre-season and then in the February, um, the job was advertised as a permanent photographer because they didn't have a club photographer. And I, I thought, Do you know what, I'm not going to lose anything if I, if I apply. I'm enjoying doing this. So I applied and um, I got the job over. I think there was about 55 of the photographers that they saw. Wow. And I got, I got the job. And so what? and the rest is history da, da, da. <laughs> well what
0: was that what was that like for your very first game you know you i'm guessing you must have been nervous anyone absolutely
1: nervous. oh completely yeah i mean it's completely different
0: so how, how did you handle that fear because it's a common thing within create well within all people but i think creative people in particular you're there you're at your very first man city game there's there's probably about 40 50,000 people in the stadium yeah, And it's your job to capture what happens.
1: Yeah, and also as well, you've got 35 to 40 professional, um, experienced Premier League sports photographers. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, I've done sports photography on non-league level, at various other levels. <clears throat> I had freelanced at other clubs before, but not at this level. Yeah. So you've got that intimidating experience, and them looking at you as though to say, where have you come from, who are you? And it's 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 absolutely terrifying. However, how many
0: other photographers were there? Did you say roughly was, uh,
1: thirty-five to forty?
0: Were any others of, of those of those sports photographers um, women or were they all men?
1: Um, well, On that the... day, no. The, the ratio of women to men photographers is, is diabolical in, in sports photography and in general photography. Full stop. Yeah, it's still a very male-dominated um, career. More so, sports obviously. Um, but even even music photography, you'll go in the pit and there'll be, what, two females and 20 males um, at big concerts and stuff like that. Or festivals, you'll go and there'll be like 10 male photographers and you,
2: yeah.
1: female photographers. So it's still, but in sports photography, even more so. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and it was never heard of to, uh, there, wouldn't, there had never been a female Premier League club photographer.
0: Really? Is that the case? And, wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I was for a while I was the first and only female club photographer. So
0: you were a pioneer really in, in you're like a, a feminist trailblazer. Da da da
1: <laughs> Um yeah, and do you know what? A lot of responsibility came with that as well. Tell me um, about that. Yeah, a lot of responsibility came with that because you didn't want to let the side down, so to speak. And I I I have publicised and let people know that, you know, photography, sports photography is not just a male a male thing. And I've done videos, I've done YouTube things where I've, I've explained and talked about, it. I feel the only thing that hold women back in some instances is themselves.
2: How do you I mean feel, by that?
1: You mean, I, feel, I feel that sometimes women don't think they can do it, and they can. Yeah. And I think that, you know... So it's just kind are, of
0: inner beliefs, really, that, that, yeah, that yeah, people yeah. are taking on board these kind of patriarchal things, that that's not a job for a woman. And,
1: yeah, very uh, much so. And, 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 else and else that's, else. that's rubbish. It is, and I also think that sometimes women just wimp out, and I thought that sounds really bad, but I just, I just think, I just think they do. And I how think, do you mean
0: by wimp out?
1: I think they just bottle out in respect of if you come across something where there's like twenty men and only you, that can be very intimidating, and I think some people can lose the bottle, but. I just think you've got to forge forward and I think there's a lot more talented female photographers and I think they should just push themselves further forward and and not be intimidated by it. Um, Well, what's
0: your your advice for that? So if you've got, like in photography, you're there, there's 30 odd, very experienced photographers. They're all men. Everyone around you is a man. You know, the, the team manager's a man, the physio's a man, the guy who looks after the kit is a man. All the footballers and men, the referees and the linesmen and men. You know, I mean, I couldn't imagine a more male world than football, and um, to be entering another male world at the same time. So, for anyone who's in a similar situation to that, who's going to be trailblazing in the way that you did, what would your advice be to to, to people who were who were going to be um, pushing on, so that they that they had the confidence to to follow their passion and follow their talent and and, and, and you know get over that intimidating environment or is it about even that those intimidating environments just need to change and be more welcoming
1: I think it's a bit of both but I also think what you're saying there about you know the linesman's a man the photographers are men the players are all men etc etc and they're all human beings yeah and and I, I just don't see the difference between. Me sitting down with those and taking a photograph as well, if not better in some instances than they do. So it's believing in what you're doing and not thinking, oh, my God, that's a man sat next to me. Oh, my God, I'm never going to get anywhere. Oh, my God, I'll just leave it. And thinking, no, that's just another human being. You know, they're just sat doing exactly the same job as you. Um, Just do what you do. And if you believe and you're happy in what you do, just do it, because it's a dream to be able to fulfil why would you let something like gender stop you from doing that? I, think that? I think rather than seeing them as men, 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 they're just human beings. If you want to see them as anything, see them as competition for your work. So just do your work better. <laughs> Is that wrong?
0: No, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm liking the, uh, you know, outdo them kind of thing.
1: Uh, no, I mean, why not? I mean, if there yeah. as I say, and and I've, when I did start the job, a lot of a lot of the sports photographers were like, why she got this job? How's she doing this? And and it was a case of, well, yeah, you can think like that, but I'll just show you how good I am and what I've done, and now do I can do it.
0: Do you think there were any benefits of being kind of? Do you think there are any benefits in, in, in not being male in that environment? Do you think there's anything that you brought that perhaps some of the the the, the fellas would have found more difficult? You know, that there were certain um, advantages to what you had as well as your own natural talent that you can bring into play there?
1: I don't know because I don't think I'm actually your archetypical female because I'm quite blokey, if that <laughs> makes sense. So again, I, well, I don't explain, know. What Maybe you, that's...
0: explain what you mean by that.
1: I, I'm not, I'm not girly girly. I'm quite strong-willed, and I'm quite. Uh, I can be quite intimidating, and I think you can see that if you, as you said before, when you Google... Well, people
0: don't know you're about six foot three.
1: No, exactly. So, so, so
0: you're probably bigger than
1: some of the yeah. centre arms at Man City. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> David, David Silver used to come up to my shoulders. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and he's just Navas, well, let's not even go there. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, so I'm not girly-girly, but that's 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 not a, a plus or a minus. It's just a sheer fact of, again, it's, it takes you back to the fact of, yeah, it can be an advantage being a woman, but I didn't see it as an advantage. It's just a role that I took on. And it's the passion that I've got of taking photographs.
0: Yeah. So, so you were basically saying, that, sod the gender stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm a great photographer. And exactly. I'm, I'm as entitled to do this job as any of you lot. Uh,
1: spot on, yeah. yeah. There's no, just because I've got a pair of boobs doesn't make me any any better person to work with our... See, there's the Victoria uh, Wood person. thing that I
0: mentioned. The way, <laughs> the way you said pair of boobs. It's it's like Victoria was back with us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, but just just because I have doesn't mean to say that I'm you know, I'm gonna get better treated or worse treated or it's just the sheer fact of I'm a human being doing a really good job. Yeah. So take my job, take my pictures and there you go. And in the process I'll make some great friends and the fans. I love football fans. Absolutely love them. What do you love about them? I just love how passionate they are. That I'm passionate about photography. I love how passionate they are about their team, about the the players individually. I love the fact they go to the trouble of making banners and yeah. logos, and they spend all their waking moment. And that's a passion. That's driven. Yeah. City fans are amazing. Absolutely love them to death, and I've got some great friends now that are City fans. You know, and and I will keep those for the rest of my life. Yeah, and I will always follow them, and I'll always make sure I'm, I'm, I'm involved social media and see what they're doing, and they can see what I'm doing. But it's the same for your guys. You're a Liverpool fan. But Liverpool fans are so passionate and so loved and it's 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 nearly a form of religion and and oh it is it's absolutely yeah and and if i could if i could find a way of doing a a fans project it's something i've thought about doing as well i just i just think they're an an unbelievable set of um human beings our football fans and i know it's in our core as our main sport in 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 the uk but i just think they're just amazing people yeah sociologically it's uh, it's an interesting tribe isn't it really yeah very much so and, and to photograph it's it's amazing some some of my favorite pictures are celebration shots but not of the players of the fans yeah if you turn the camera back onto the fans some of the pictures are just incredible um and some of the emotions that they go through during games is just unbelievable oh god absolutely I and mean, some of my
0: some of my biggest roller coaster emotions have been during ninety minutes of a match. And yeah. some of my biggest elations, you know the the yeah. drama, I mean, okay, some football matches are deadly boring, but when when it does drama, by God, it does drama
1: in a big style and 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 I can only as well not just relate that to to city fans but also as well to photographing some of the managers and the players as well and watching their reaction to high-profile moments. I think one of the best examples of that is the um, 2012 Premier League game, the famous, you know, 93rd-minute goal from Sergio Aguero to win the Premier League. And I was sat pitch side, and I did start photographing the fans when that was happening, um, even before Zecco scored the equaliser. Um, and I also thought, I'm going to stop photographing the game because I was sat really close to the bench, And I watched Roberto Mancini, who... He's the manager at the time. Yeah, he was the manager at the time, but he wasn't the most expressive sort of manager. He only did it in little fits and spurts during games. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't very, very, you know, expressive all the time. But in this instance, I watched him and he was on the floor. He was stood up. His (laughs) heads were in his hands. His arms were everywhere. And when Zeko scored that equaliser, I thought, I'm not going to bother photographing the game. I'm just going to photograph him. And I watched him go through every emotion a human being could go through. It was unbelievable, and the set of pictures I've got from that day is just amazing. I'll go back on it and look. And then when that—that's a brave scored, call,
0: though, isn't it? Isn't that a brave yeah. call as a I photographer g- to say I'm here to photograph the match and I'm going to turn me back on the match yeah, yeah, when this is the manager. this was the championship winning game mm, potentially. Yeah,
1: yeah, But the shot, the final shot that I got is quite. Uh, it was was used in newspapers and magazines, and it's actually been in one of my exhibitions and was the biggest selling photograph, and it was when Roberto literally jumped on top of Brian Kigg and literally wrapped his legs, the assistant manager, <laughs> wrapped his legs around him, but his face yeah. was directly into my camera and the, the expression of happiness, relief, elation is just in that one photograph and I just, I'm immensely chuffed with that photograph. But I'm also happy with the set of images that I got of him crawling around on the floor and, <laughs> and David Platt, his, his other coach, coming to him and him batting him away and like, don't talk to me, leave me, sort of thing. It's amazing to watch. And then obviously after that, once that was done and, and the final whistle went, you got the whole fans spilling onto the pitch. Yeah. So I, I just literally ran onto the pitch, tried to snap some of the players coming off the pitch, but then just went for the fans and the the. the, the pitch just filled with fans it was amazing well
0: tell me about this because what you're describing there is um during a live event a photographer has to have a great dramatic instinct as to where the story really is yes yes and tell me well tell me about that because that's not something i've ever i've ever experienced what kind of advice would you give to a photographer in the same in the same kind of instance to make, to make sure that they understand where the story's going to be. Tell, tell us a bit about your process and what where your antennae is at that moment
1: like that. I think if you think about, you know, again, if you put the fans in the forefront of that, if you think about what would want to be seen, if you can think like that, then you'll get the picture. Because if I was to have just stayed where I was and tried photographing all the bench and the backroom staff and all the rest of it and the players coming off, yeah, that'd have been great but I wouldn't have got those absolutely emotional shots of fans on their knees crying and thinking about... So thinking about who's going to be viewing this picture, what, where you are. So oh, there I am, I'm at Manchester City, I'm photographing the club, winning the first Premier League title in so many years. Yeah. Who's going to be my audience? The audience is, yeah, it's going to be the press and media, but I'm the club photographer. I'm photographing for the club. So my end user is going to be those fans so I want to get the best for them as I can so that's that was my thought process at that time and that that's how I captured that and then obviously from there I then had to fight my way through a tunnel of of people trying to get into the dressing rooms to get into the dressing room and get the celebration shots so it was literally two minutes on the pitch photographing what I did there and then a scramble of about a minute and a half to get into the dressing room and there was only half the players in there because some of them were still stuck in the middle of the strongest <laughs> of fans. So I'm guessing you then, did
0: literally have to fight your way through
1: then. Oh, honestly, to, honestly, you have no idea. You have no idea. It was unreal. So, so then, a, a
0: photographer isn't just about. Because what, what's talking to you now, what's, what's um, striking me so much is that you think of a photographer, well, they've got a good eye and, and they've got good technical use of the camera. But that's. it sounds like that's such a small part of it. You've got it the is. personality stuff. Yeah. You've got a street fighter thing that actually oh, yeah. says, yeah. no, I'm, I'm actually getting to this because that's where the thing is. You've got your dramatic instinct as well. It's, yeah. oh, it yeah. sounds like such a, a multi... It's much bigger than what I thought it was, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got... It, it's difficult because you've got a responsibility to the end user, as I say, in that sort of situation. You've got a responsibility to document what's happening. In that style of photography, you've got a responsibility to to make sure that you don't miss anything, and it is a massive responsibility. I'd have loved nothing than to have put my camera down and literally hugged all the players, because they're all my friends. Yeah. And this was a moment that I'd shared with them from training to all the rest of it. I would have loved nothing but to have, you know, run up to to Jolene Lescott or, or Joe Hart and got a hug off them and all the rest of it. Yeah. Which some of them were, were intonating that they wanted to do, but I couldn't. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't. I, I had to do what I was doing. So, you, you know, there is a responsibility to make sure that you're documenting things like that. Same with the FA Cup, when we won the FA Cup. And obviously, the the, the biggest mistake I made at the FA Cup, which is catalogued in history now, <laughs> was I got carried away and was so elated and was just snapping, snapping, snapping. When Carlos Treves came down with the trophy and the, the cup on his head and... And all the the lid of the trophy on his head, walking around with the flags and all the rest of it. It was just an un I can't tell you how unreal an experience that was. At Wembley, I thought thought my my life had peaked when we beat United in the semi-final. (laughs) And I got to walk onto Wembley's pitch and take the picture of the coin toss. I thought that was my peak at Wembley. Yeah, I mean, that was just incredible. Yeah. To walk to the centre circle and have a whole stadium... Of red and blue screaming their fans, screaming their, their players' names and the, the team. Your heart was literally in your mouth. I didn't know you'd done that. That's an oh incredible my God. experience, isn't it? Unbelievable. So, so you're
0: you there and on the centre circle of yeah, Wembley with the all the players team. around yeah. you, Yeah. lined up, ready to start a, yeah. a, an important cup match like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And I thought that was, you know, my life doesn't get any better. <laughs> you know, this is brilliant. And then there we go, we win the trophy. Carlos Tevez is walking past me. They're all walking to the podium where they do the champagne celebration, Celebration, you know, where they stand and and they've got the branded, all the rest of it's on the pitch. And I remember standing there and just following Carlos around and watching him and photograph all the other players getting ready to go on this podium. The champagne was passed and literally as the cork was popped, I was then brought to my knees by a security guard. <laughs> and I was on the floor and I'm thinking, what the... <laughs> and I thought what's his problem and he he, he picked me up off the floor and dragged me to one side and then turned me around and said look you're not supposed to be there look and when I looked there must have been about 90 press photographers <laughs> all in a pen directly behind me and I'd gone and stood in front of the shot
0: so they're wanting Carlos Tevez and they're just getting photos of you behind
1: yeah <laughs> so the whole team was popping the champagne and all they've got is me taking the photograph. You must have been of...
0: very popular with the old line. I was not.
1: <laughs> I was not a popular bunny. So, you know, that's my enthusiasm and naivety of, of thinking, great, I'm getting all this moment, I'm getting it all, I'm getting caught up in it, and then realising that I'd ruined a shot. And it was so lovely because <clears throat> when I finished at City, all the photographers had that picture blown up. Oh, God. A3. Father
0: Ted moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Blown up A3, and then they had a, a border put around it in a frame, and every every single one of them signed a message to Oh, it. isn't that nice? Yeah, so that that was so really, you, really... you were forgiven? So, yes, I was forgiven. It took them about 12 months to get over it, because still they yeah. they come, come to the Etihad and they go, <laughs> stupid woman, stupid woman. <laughs> and I'm thinking, no, it was just me being passionate, and somebody should have stopped me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some security guard eventually floored me, all six foot two of me, to the ground in a rugby tattle, so somebody should have stopped me from doing it. But that that just shows me, again, thinking about the user, thinking about what I'm taking and just going for it. Do you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> Literally just going for it. It sounds like, as well, going back to that um, Premier League winning match, because, I mean, it was really on a knife edge, wasn't it? It was only at the end City you actually won the league, almost like yes. the final kick, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So your decision to switch to the manager rather than the game I'm guessing as well, were you thinking, I, I'm, I'm looking for what's the unique picture, because if someone scores, pretty much every sports photographer yep. in the land is going to yep. have the ball going into the net, and Completely. you're going to have the manager and the elation yep. and the response to that, which is what it's all about, isn't it? It's about emotional response. That's that's the whole nature of story.
1: If yeah, things I mean, happen
0: that we don't care about, it's not a story, is it?
1: Well, exactly, and I knew... Um there were, I think there were about, again, f- about 50 photographers at that game that day because it was a case of it was going to be either us or United that had win. So yeah. it was like half the world's photographers were there. So I knew I was I was at a different angle to get any goal-scoring shots anyway, but I'd also put a freelancer and a tremendous photographer called Ed Garvey and I'd put him in our exclusive corner pit and I said, right, you stay there, you know, nobody's going to go in there with you because it's our pit and you know if anybody scores at that end second half we've got it blah 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 so i knew yeah as well that i sort of covered my ass so to speak on that (laughs) and of course ed wonderfully got the shit ripping off shot of sergio spinning the shit around his head
2: oh right and
1: that's that's an iconic shot that's gone everywhere as well so we we basically sealed the two shots of the, the of the whole thing from 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 the from the game so yeah it was a risk to turn the way and turn me back on it because i could have still got some great pictures but i just thought nah i'm gonna go for him so i went for him and i got what i got and i also got some amazing pictures of of players that were on the bench absolutely emotional that uh, that have not seen the light of day because i think they're quite intimate and personal they've got them they've got those pictures oh that's lovely so you know sometimes you don't want to put out to the press and media somebody being emotional because they're a bloke and they don't like it but it's a moment in time for them so they've got it and I know certain individual players have got them in their offices or on their walls at home
0: and that must make you feel just as proud
1: oh god completely yeah 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 I mean as I said yeah you're working for the club you're working for the end user the fans etc but also those players spend a huge amount of time with you you become quite close to them so when you spot you've got an intimate photograph that you know they're going to love and their family are going to love because you get to know their family as well you, you give it to them personally. You don't put it out to the world. They don't want to see that. So
0: we spoke there about your creative process, really. Like, and it's it's a very kind of in the moment creative process when you're in a, a live event, like at something as dramatic as a football match. Mm-hmm. How how is your creative process different when you've got a posed shoot? So someone says, right, we've you've got a brief. You need to take kind of something for a magazine, for instance, of this yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. what happens then? Because. It, it it could be very easy, couldn't it, for all of these photos just to be very
1: samey samey. Yes, and that's the thing, though. If you think about how long people have been taking photographs for, it's usually already been done. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Um, that's the case of being creative at this yeah. time, and yeah, yeah. everything's been done.
1: Everything's been done, or or something's been done, and then plagiarized again and again and again. So it's been watered down into various different versions. So. It is very, very difficult to come up with things that are unusual and unique, but you can still do it. I think you can.
0: So and, what's your process?
1: <clears throat> what did you do? You I, get the brief. How would you approach it? Let's, let's go, for example, on um, one of my big commercial shoots, again, that I've done for City. And that was a, it was a Christmas. Uh, they wanted to do a signature Christmas shot that could be used for retail to promote Christmas items for sale in the shops and online. So they told me, okay, you've got X budget, um, you've got X amount of time, you've got this window of opportunity with four players, um, and we want you to create something Christmas-orientated. So I sat down and, and tried to get with inspiration from other places, but then I thought about the players that I was going to be working with as well, and I think that's key, the people who you're going to work with in the photograph, which is, like I said before, if you're doing a portrait shoot with somebody, you can't do it cold. You can't just have somebody come in and take the photograph if you don't research, research them first at least, you spend time talking to them before the shoot and relax them and find out a little bit more about them. Or else you're never going to get what you want out of them. So in this instance, I knew which four players I was going to get. And I, I, I knew what budget I had and I knew what I could do and I knew the space. So I created um, sort of a an archetypal mixture between the last supper and your average Christmas day dinner. So you've always got the naughty kid who doesn't want to really eat his dinner. You've got somebody always manking about who's, who's eating the dinner, but half still excited because it's Christmas, messing with the tree. Or And then you've got the father who's like, can we just cut this turkey and get it over with? <laughs> then you've got the grumpy granddad who doesn't want to talk to anybody or can't be bothered or whatever. So I I sketched it out and on, like, on a little storyboard basis, which I tend to do. I find it easier if I draw it out rather than than just have it in my head so I drew it out and then I went to um, a designer who then graphically drew it out for me and said do you mean like this and I was like yes that's it so then from there I got a host of people in within budget to actually come and help me build this set that I had in my head so it's a long table um, facing forward again like the last supper sort of thing Um, and I thought I need to add another family friendly item so a dog so I got a dog. <laughs> was so, that in budget? <clears throat> it was in budget, yeah, because it, 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 yeah, it was one of the team's dogs. Oh, and we did, it wasn't. It wasn't a trained dog.
2: Yeah.
1: So And it was a very cute beetle as well, and they're <laughs> very cute. So I then set it up so that, that it was all in my head. I knew exactly what I wanted. So it took us two days to build the set. Wow. And it took us two days to set the lighting and, and organise it all, because I knew I had 15 minutes with the players when they arrived.
0: So those photographs are, are
1: artworks, really, aren't they? Yeah, that, that completely. Come... So yes.
0: how, how do you get the idea initially? You know, what, what do you do? Is it, does
1: it come like a eureka moment? Or, or... I suppose it's a, bit, it's a bit like you and your songs. Sometimes they come to you, don't they? Sometimes yeah. a, a, a lyrical comes first or a melody will come first. Or, so it's a little bit like that when you're actually creating something like that. I'll sit down. I'll flick through lots of pictures myself. And, and, and where,
0: do, where do you kind of go to flick through those pictures?
1: I've got an absolute archive of books.
0: Oh, old okay. books,
1: And I've also, obviously, you can't not go on the internet, can you? So you, research you is, is
0: key to yeah. this in order to generate Vital, yeah. some thoughts, yeah.
1: Yeah, and also, as I said before, thinking about the individual people that you've got to work with, and are they going to be able to do something quirky and funny, and will they do this, or won't they do that, or <clears throat> does their personality suit to crawling under a table? Because I had Jesus Navas crawl under the table, just pop his head out, yeah, and then have the dog next to him.
0: right. So, so s- he was some people might have just refused to do yeah,
1: that. Yeah. yeah, so you've got to understand the characters yeah. that you're working with and, and what and what their capacity in the shot's going to be as well. Um, and then obviously there's there's the fact of external things that can go wrong, like the dog kept licking Hazer's face. <laughs> so he's sort of like, oh, God, this is not going to work. And I've got 15 minutes. But I literally, po- I think I think I popped off 10 shots and... Um, there were three that were absolutely brilliant, and we chose one of the three. And I, did, I, literally did it in fifteen minutes. There was no, no photoshopping no messing. The only thing I had to do was because the dog kept licking Jesus's face. It was worse. We, we had, yeah, we had to take, no, we had to take one separate shot without the dog. Okay. And then superimpose the dog in. That's the only thing we had to do because it was just ridiculous. It, the dog took a complete loving to Jesus Navas' face. <coughs> and Mangala... Never worked with children and animals, they no, say. No, God, completely. And uh, Eliquium Mangala was on the side, and I wanted him to pull the Christmas tree, a bauble off the Christmas tree. So we had to build the Christmas tree so it was at an angle, so it looked like it was falling over. Uh-huh. Because we couldn't have him actually pull the tree and it fall on top of him, because that would have been disastrous, and he's worth a lot of money. <laughs> so we had to set it up on fish wires so it was automatically bent over when they sat down so there was a lot of what went into that one picture and also then you've got to think about in that shot the, the club wanted to be able to sell things that were in the picture so we had to put everything city related from
0: city merchandise yeah, and stuff like
1: jumpers that. we even put a framed picture of Pellegrini on the wall in the background so it looked like their home, and that was their picture of the family, picture of the father in the background. <laughs> and I even did a, a homage to Hilda Ogden, and I cut some city ducks in half that you can get these little rubber ducks yeah. and put them on the wall flying up. It was like the old, <laughs> like Coronation, the old Coronation Street. Street. Yeah.
0: And what about so if different. you've got a, just a person on their own? So you, you're looking for like a almost like a celebrity portrait. What's yeah, your creative well, process? It's quite similar.
1: Yeah, similar, but again, it's knowing the individual and... What's the portrait going to be used for, and how is it going to be used? And if you get too deep and too creative for a simple portrait, then no, that's not good. Sometimes it can be a case of they just want it for a cover shot, which I would then go very tight on somebody's face. If it's something for more for a, a spread shoot, an editorial shoot, then you can do various setup pieces because the page is going to be used in different ways. So, if it's just with one person, it's one portrait. Again, it's about knowing your subject, talking to them, telling them what and why you're doing as well. Sometimes photographers will just sit in there and take the photograph. If you're sitting them there with, uh, I don't know, with a prop, or you're asking them to sit in a certain way and you've lit it a certain way, I'll always tell them what I've done and why. Yeah. Right, I'm going to stick this light on you here because this side of your face, I want it dark, and I want the other side light so we can create a nice moody shot. That's going to go on the front cover of this, blah, 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 blah. And they feel more relaxed and you've... You've set your expectations. You know, so many photographers sometimes will spend hours doing a portrait shot. I'll do it in minutes because yeah. it's all down to preparation.
0: Well, I'm interested that you said you took 10 shots on the uh, Christmas one. Yeah. And I was looking at an old um, article uh, about you in the Manchester Evening News. And it was talking about your very first game. And you said you took, I think you said you took 2,000 shots yeah. on the very first game. <laughs> yeah. Because you were nervous about, you yeah. know... Yeah, the the best way to get a good shot is just to take loads of them yeah. and, and, and hopefully I'll strike lucky somewhere along the way. Yeah. So I'm guessing then that kind of years into doing this, the day in, day out, that that was a practice that you stopped and that you started taking much fewer
1: shots. Am I right on that? Or You're right on that when it comes to doing a studio shoot, definitely. Yeah. But when it comes to the sports side, I will still always overshoot. Yeah, Always. Um, Why is that? Why did that? I don't not know. Change much? I, d- I don't. Know. It's, n- it's never changed. I just. I am an overshooter, and people laugh at me, um, just because I just do. I don't know. I just. I'll take far too many shots because I think. Well, it I, I might be a confidence thing. I don't know. I don't know. It's just. I guess I in I a do. live
0: event, though, you, every
1: second is a potential
0: yeah. moment, isn't it? That needs to be captured.
1: And also, I'm thinking about the fact of where I am in relation to how many of the photographers are with me, and. I want to get a different shot to them, but it's so difficult. If you're sat like Champions League, there'll be so many photographers, and you're restricted where you can sit. So you're then sat in a row with about fifteen of them. So if somebody's running towards you, all fifteen of them are going to fire off a shot at the same time, and you hear it. Mm. You hear it, and then sometimes I think, well, I didn't click then, but they did. Yeah. And I think, oh God, have I missed something? (laughs) Yeah oh no but uh, maybe my eye is slightly different to theirs I don't know maybe that's why some of my shots are different I'm not sure
0: so uh, just in terms of like you've you've traveled an awful lot with 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 this job what have been and and as I say City are one of the richest football clubs in the world aren't they and you've you've done so much other than, than City that I want to get onto in a moment as well but what have you what have you been your most kind of stunning um I can't believe this is real kind of experiences as a photographer, you know, and I don't even mean just doing the job, I just mean some of the things you've experienced because you were doing the job.
1: Yeah, I mean, always the hotels and the environments that you're in are absolutely unreal. And I've been to places and I've stayed in places that <clears throat> as a, a general individual I would never have been able to afford or do myself, which I find very, very fortunate. You were in a seven star hotel, I remember at one yeah, point. Yeah, 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 and in Abu Dhabi, unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, what what's the difference between a seven star hotel
0: and a five star hotel, and where do they keep the six stars?
1: <laughs> I think the butlers were something to do with that. You had butlers for your room.
0: Oh, you had a butler in you. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, on the uh, on the outside of it, so they were there at your beck and call. But I never used him. I think he got a bit bored. <laughs> um, so why did you not? Why did you not use the butler? It didn't feel right. <laughs> I can make my own tea, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Back to Victoria Wood, I can make my own tea. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, the other thing as well is in that hotel, they had palm trees growing inside. It was that big. Wow. Honestly, one of the fires. So as what you walked down, it was just unbelievable. What um, was the room itself like? Huge. It was like a suite, but it wasn't. It was a double room. Yeah. So I, bet, I, I don't even know what the suites were like. and And the beds were unbelievably comfortable and you'd leave your room and come back and they've done something else to your room. Like they've turned your bed down, which you normally get, but they turned it down and they'd ironed something or it was like, Oh my God, back off. But it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful setting right on the beach. So every room, literally you walked out to your beach. If you were ground level or you had a sea view, if you were a bit higher, it was unbelievable.
0: Well, Um, I'm just thinking there, you say, you're you're a very down-to-earth, ordinary woman from Lancashire, aren't you, basically? Yeah. And it sounds like you had a little bit of difficulty sometimes with the situations you were in just in terms of like the luxury, like you're saying, back off, you know, and I can make my own tea.
1: It's yeah, it's not me, but I mean it is me because I think What was the discomfort
0: there? What what, why because many people would have gone, you know, great, a lap of luxury, let's let's milk this while I can. What what was it that felt uncomfortable for you?
1: I don't know I don't know part of it as well is I'm not on holiday. You know, I'm not on holiday, I'm working. Yeah. Um I don't need you to pamper me, I'm fine. (laughs) Um you know, I'm just going to hang my socks and knickers over the thing like an normally do. You know, you don't need to launder them. I'm fine. I don't know. It's just me. I, I don't. Maybe because I'm not used to it. Probably. Yeah, and I'm, I, and I'm not. I
0: feel uncomfortable though. Even like, do you know when um, you'll go for a cup of tea or something, and they and some some places they start pouring your tea out for you. I get uncomfortable at that.
1: You're like, no, you're alright, You're not mislaved. Yeah, very much, it seems me. a bit. It yeah. seems a
0: bit too servile, doesn't it? too a bit yeah, too unequal, only- yeah. cool
1: kind of thing. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll think, no, you, you're just like me. It's all right. Just just bring us tea. I know you've got to bring us the tea. Just bring it and leave it. <laughs> Thanks a lot. It's, it's all right. Leave it. They're, they're, and I don't know whether that's, you know, their expectations of their boss or whatever. have i am mean, not a clue, but you're all right. Go and do something else. Yeah. It's fine. But, I mean, some of the key moments are, are unbelievable that weren't sort of like photographer related were, um, for example, in South Africa. I got to swim with sharks you know was unbelievable that, was that not a bit dangerous no it was incredible it was unbelievable um we had a cage and we went out in durban and oh so you, you were in a cage were yeah you? yeah wow it's unbelievable and experiences like that and also going so to tell places. me
0: tell me about the sharks before you move on What because <laughs> it must even if you're in a cage it must be quite scary a big shark comes up to you
1: 15 big sharks swimming around you yeah there were loads of them they were throwing bait out for them, so they'd come to us. It was incredible experience, and if ever you go, I, won't I highly go. recommend you do it. No, <laughs> there's absolutely re- no
0: way I'm going to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was great, and again, i I might never have done that in my life. Yeah, and it was it was a, a downtime day. We were due to fly out. The players were were um, doing a warm down session. We'd been told we could have like a morning off, and the the club had very kindly offered to set it up for us. Um, I think we had to pay a little bit towards it, but not much, and, and it was just incredible. And it was sunrise was at four thirty five a.m. and we set off from the hotel. And I remember driving and thinking life doesn't get any better than this. Wow. The sea was there, the sun was coming up. It was just unreal, absolutely unreal. And then when I got in the water, it was boiling hot. I was really? I was amazed. It was yeah, it was like like a bath. Wow. I'm thinking why have we got wetsuits on? And then I thought because you're diving with sharks.
0: Oh, explain that! I'm not getting that. What? So
1: if you if you if you go in the water and you've got a wetsuit on, and let's say wetsuit fins...
0: normally to protect you from the cold, are they? Yeah. All oh, no, right. But, I know but, none of this. Go and explain yeah, this to
1: me. Yeah. But I'm presuming i presuming that we put the wetsuits on because if a shark went past you, if a fin caught you, then you're going to cut the wetsuit and not your skin, aren't you? Oh right. Oh, I see. So their fins were get, their fins were in the cage sometimes, was, or they could some, have been. Yeah. They could the, the, the tails whapped and hit the sides of the cages, and, and the they're,
0: they're that. sharp and stuff. Yeah. Wow, so yeah, I can imagine if it cut your skin a little bit of blood in there, they would have gone
1: manic. <laughs> but the, when they were when they were throwing bait out, they were throwing fish heads and bits of blood out. So uh. yeah, ugh. <laughs> but it was great. Yeah. It was fab. Yeah, and it was uh, again an experience I'll never repeat. I don't think unless I sort of get, earn loads and loads of money and go out again. It was just an incredible South Africa. South Africa is a beautiful country. Yeah, I've obviously, heard this, yeah. It, it, obviously it's. Uh, a different sort of uh culture to what we know and also as well again that trip was so so powerful i remember going on there was a, a nike um football academy built in the middle of shacks and uh, in soweto in the townships it was unreal and uh, i remember i took we had james milner um, who else was there there was James Milner and he plays for Liverpool
0: Ge- now doesn't yeah, he yeah he just
1: plays for Liverpool James Milner Jolian Lescott was it Micah as well and Nastasic and we'd all gone to this academy to meet these Sowetan children that were in the academy and um, it was just unreal to drive through the shanty towns in Soweto was just I-, I can't describe it it was amazing how, how, did, you,
0: how did you feel
1: it was it was gut wrenching it was upsetting it was awful but when we got to this academy, the kids were so happy and they were so chuffed at what they were doing and Nike had spent so much money on it, it was incredible. But on the roof, I took James Milner up for a photo shoot and on the roof um, of this academy, it was like a flat roof and the guy's like, yeah, you can climb up there, this, that, and the other. So I took James up there and James is like, am I insured for this? I went, yeah, it's fine, don't <laughs> worry. So we climbed up and I took a shot of James and when we got up there and you could see for miles these shanty places james was like oh my god i was like oh my god and we just stood there for a couple of seconds not speaking or, or saying anything just looking at this entire town of just corrugated iron and uh, it was wow. unbelievable and you could see the uh, gas towers and things in the background it was it was quite surreal and i took a couple of shots of james up there and he he looked back at the camera but we stopped and just, just looked took again it in. Yeah. yeah unbelievable so again you know you're not going to get to do that very often either and i've still got the shot it's it's uh, it's quite bizarre
0: but you've you've left city haven't you a few months ago so yes, yeah. last season was your final season you've been there for 7 years you've mm-hmm. you've been to all these places you've You've documented amazing moments. You released a book called Champions, and that's available on Amazon, isn't it? And
1: yeah, Champions, I, I, Champions Uncut, and I did a second one as well. So I did one for the 2012 Premier League win, and I did one for the 2014 Premier League win as well. So there's two out there.
0: Well, that must be good having a having a book of your photos because I mean, people are reviewing it on Amazon, and it's, it's one of the five star ones. You know, it's a five star review from everybody.
1: And I I think at one point it was the uh, highest selling sports book on Amazon. Really. Yeah. So how did that make you feel? Mega chuffed. Yeah. It's, so, so, it's, it's nice to be appreciated. It's nice to um again fans comment on the book and and to be accepted by public is is brilliant and, and to know that people like your work is it's a massive thing. It is a massive thing. It's the reason you do it as well.
0: So how's how's it been leaving City then? Was that quite quite a difficult decision, I imagine?
1: Um it was, but also as well I just thought I thought if I don't go out into the big wire world and do what I want to do, which is I always plan to do, other than football, more celebrity stuff and, and more freelance work. I thought if I don't do it now, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to turn 50 soon. <clears throat> I thought if I don't do it now, I'm always going to wonder what if I'd have done that. Yeah. And I also have other ambitions as well as photographing football. And I've I, it's afforded me... Such an insight into a world that people don't know about, and it's and it's done me really, really well. But I just thought it was time. Seven, yeah, it's time to do something years. a little
0: bit different. Yeah, yeah,
1: and also as they well, they say that was
0: seven years, don't they Because the, your whole body regenerates every seven years. Are you actually, you're, you're physically not even a different and the, the same person from seven years before because all your cells have turned over.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it, it is it is difficult to be crouching down in the rain and snow. And Manchester always has rain and. <laughs> 90 minutes of your cameras getting wet through. I mean not that I'm mourning, but it it, it you know physically it gets demanding.
0: Yeah, physically demanding. And, and it, especially and it, in light of the fact that you had such a, a big injury as well, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, and my back does suffer dramatically yeah. and I found my recovery time after games a lot higher than it than it than it was before and I thought mm, no so um, what have
0: you been doing since then? You're freelancing. Give us a taste of, of where you're up to at the moment before we yeah, close. I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, commercially, I'm, lo- I'm, I'm, I'm making my name as a commercial photographer. I love what, what does
0: that actually mean? That a commercial so commercial, for,
1: commercial photography means that you, the photographs that you take are used to either sell something, so like a product or an individual, rather than editorial. Editorial shoots are where you'll take a photograph of something that's used in the press and media. And that you know, so it could be so it could be an interview you know, you could have done an interview with a celebrity and you photographed it, so that will be editorially used along with the interview. Whereas a commercial shoot will be, let's say, I don't know, Nike or Umbro have a new pair of trainers and you're told to shoot them and whatever you shoot is then used to sell those products.
0: So your um, shoots there are they are they product shoots or it would be someone people, someone um, famous wearing the shoes?
1: Yeah, 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 that's more likely the case. Yeah. So I like I like commercial work. I do like commercial work, but I also have a massive affinity still with the celebrity and with music photography. Um, so I've been working. I've done a little bit of work with Noel Gallagher. Yeah, I've covered some of his UK parts of the tour and some of his American parts of the tour as well. Um, and I'll be continuing that when he comes back from, um, he's in Belgium, Switzerland and Germany at the moment. So I'll be continuing doing that. So that's, again, his images then are kept for his usage. They're used for his social media. They're used for whatever he wants in future as well. So they're catalogued and kept for him.
0: And you recently photographed Bruce Springsteen at yeah, his, that was an, yeah, his that, request,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, that was, that was incredible. So I was very lucky. Again, in, in the world of uh, business, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And again, that was another reason for keeping my contacts with City and making sure that City were happy with what I did. So I've kept a lot of good contacts. And uh, the actual promoter of, uh, of the actual tours at the Etihad, the, the music tours, got in touch with me and said, listen, I'm putting your name forward to Bruce Springsteen. He's not got a, a tour photographer. What he's doing is he's going round to the stadiums doing his gigs and he's using different photographers. Can I put your name forward? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. That's a question or what? Yeah, and then um, Mr. Springsteen's uh, publicist people got in touch with me and said, uh, we've looked at your work, we'd really like you to photograph Bruce's gig, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, get on. So I I covered the uh, gig for him and then Bruce tweeted and Instagrammed the pictures and then they were put all over his website with my name all over them as well, which is great.
0: It's fab. You mentioned yes. something there that it's not... It's not what you know; it's it's who you know, which I think is is actually a, a bit of a self deprecation, and um, because first of all, you are a fabulous photographer. I've seen lots of your work, and it's it's stunning stuff. But secondly, um, we were talking before about what it takes to be a photographer, and we were saying that you know it was a picture was building up to me that it was about you know artistic eye and and, and dramatic antennae. And technical skill and all that sort of stuff. But also the people skills. Yeah. And yes. so when you say it's not what you know, it's it's who you know, I don't think that's completely true anyway, because your work we're is not. so good. But no, what I wanted yeah. to say is the who you know, I mean you're you're someone who didn't have any of these kind of celebrity contacts when you when you began your photographic journey and the who you know is is people that you've actually gathered along your journey i just wouldn't want people to hear that and think oh right this is just someone who was well connected because you really weren't where you're at the beginning
1: god no i was a i was just a you know a lancashire lass who did freelance photography here and there and brought her three children up and had a passion and a desire to to do it to do it for a living and make a living out of it and you know 20 years down the line i'm where i am now um you know, I took it seriously when I was around thirty, and wanted to wanted to do it properly. Then the kids were getting older, so yeah, I wasn't anybody, I wasn't, and and I don't think I'm an anybody now. But I, I I do I am immensely proud of the body of work that I've got. I'm immensely proud of some of the photographs and and where they've been seen and and how they've been seen as well and by whom. Um, and I'm also, not, I
0: think those interpersonal skills are, are what 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 helps i mean people are choosing you because they like your work and they like working with you
1: yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i would de- i would definitely agree with that i don't think it's uh yeah i mean i mean that that comment is probably quite blasé of not what you know who you know i think you're probably quite right i think it is a case of uh, who you've learned to know <laughs> possibly yeah. is a better way of putting it um i i as i say i i'm i feel Enormously lucky and proud of myself. I'm in a better place as a human being for doing what I do as well, and 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 it's because I've chosen. I think it's because I've chosen my passion rather than Mm. just doing a job that was there to make money. Um, You know, I'm not loaded. I'm not. I'm I'm not incredibly wealthy. It's not the best paid job in the world yet, Um, but it's not all about money. It's for me. It's about the fact that I can wake up in the morning. And now, as a freelancer, I can choose who I want to work with, and when I want to work, yeah, and where I want to work, which is a massive amount of freedom to have. Than getting up at six thirty in the morning, going to one place, and then coming home again, and then doing the same thing the day after, which is what a lot of people do. And and I know that I'm very blessed not to have to do that now, and I'm 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 really chuffed.
0: Yeah, and it's been it's been a glamorous life, really, that you've been living. I mean, I I, I follow your Facebook news feed, and it's like. I'm just going to, you know, New York, and I'm just going to Australia. and Oh, yeah. You know, because yeah. As, as the club was traveling around, you were following everywhere. So you, you've, you've lived a very glamorous life, even though it's been hard work over the, over the past few years. And you're still living it now, you know, photographing Bruce Springsteen, Noel Gallagher, two of the most iconic pop stars we've had, well, rock stars, really, that we've had.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's glamorous, but it's hard work. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. And imagine. people
1: think people think it's mega glamorous. Oh, you're working with Premier League footballers or you're working with rock stars, but it's not. You're still in your car driving around like a muppet. <laughs> you know, you, you, you're not. There's no. It's not all glamour and, oh, look, yeah, I'm just yeah, putting yeah. my ball gown up. No, it is, <laughs> is graft.
0: Yeah. But
1: you do get to see some amazing places. Like, and it's
0: passion graft, isn't it? So, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're working until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. The end result is the fact that you're doing something that you absolutely love, and it is—it's brilliant. I can't tell you know. I'm very lucky. I've got three grown-up children, and that affords me now to do it. And and I think over the years to be driven to be able to get where I am now is just—it's just brilliant. So, what and advice I always, would
0: you? What What advice would you give to other photographers who might be
1: starting on their journey? Um, just keep working as hard as you can, and also. If you're starting off, work out what you like to photograph because people say, yeah, I'm a photographer. Um, but what is it you like to photograph? Do you like to photograph people? Do you like to photograph landscapes? Do you like to photograph action? Do you like to photograph you know, architecture? You need to find out what it is you like to photograph.
0: Why do I need to find that out? Why is that important?
1: Because, because then you're not just scattergunning because, you, if, especially if you're a freelancer, you've got a business model then. And it's important to work out where you want to go. Like, I, I know exactly what sort of jobs I want to take and what sort of jobs I don't want to take. Um, and, you know, sometimes that may sound a little bit stupid to turn work away because it's still paid work. But I know what I like to shoot and what I want to do. And I know that I don't really want to compromise by going doing something that, yeah, still photography, but it's not something that I really get a buzz out of.
0: So it's important, really, from a branding point of view, really, to be known for that. Yeah. And then when someone wants that... It is, yeah. 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 It, is,
1: it is for me. Yeah, yeah, it is for me. Whether it may not be the same for everybody else, but if if somebody's starting out in photography and they really, really like it, I would always advise them. And and people ask me this all the time. I would always say, take photographs every single day, every single day. Take photographs every single day, especially as a young person who's just starting out in photography. And then from there, if you take photographs every day, you'll work out what it is you like to photograph and why, and also you'll get to understand your camera inside out every setting every everywhere you use it you'll understand it more and more if you're using it every single day and people laugh at me and say yeah you've not done that but I have
0: mm. I think I that's have. great advice actually for yeah. whatever it is that you want to do whether you're a musician or a writer
1: or, yeah. Pick your or guitar. yeah pick yeah. your guitar up every day and play yeah. or you know write a short story or start writing something every single day well do
0: you know the comedian Tim Vine? yeah yeah um he's like a gag man isn't he really he's very very successful has huge audiences his uh, his practice is he says whatever no matter what the day is no matter what's going on for me i write 10 jokes a day and he wow, said no there you go. they yeah. don't need to be very good jokes they don't put a lot of pressure on me but by the end of a year he says i've got over three and a half thousand jokes and i can pick the best ones out and i've got a show
1: there you go that's amazing yeah you see but it is a case of. so you're the me. tim
0: vine of photography
1: oh my god that's, <laughs> that's such an honor so i've gone from victoria woods to tim vine you're all wow. the comedy legends oh yeah. wow all in one all in one interview flipping it um but i i do honestly and youngsters i, I find it incredibly wonderful when and I, and again another thing i was thinking of doing was doing um I am actually thinking of doing on Instagram, so people watch my Instagram. Um, I am thinking of doing a, a, a top tips for um, mobile phone photography because oh, the be mobile, great. yeah, because the mobile phone is such an immense tool now, and people just pick it up and point it and photograph with it. And um, I'm, I'm thinking of on my Instagram giving sort of two tips a week on how to get the best out of taking photographs with your phone.
0: I think that'd be um, wonderful, you know, because I think, um, do you know, one of the things that, well, there's a few things, isn't there, that are proven to help people's emotional health, really, their emotional well-being, to make people just feel happier and better. And one of them is mindfulness, being in the present moment. And hmm. another one is taking notice of your surroundings. And photography, I think, is, is a great way of sort of getting out there, being part of the world really noticing the world so you can choose what you're taking a photograph of so i think i think there's a lot of benefits for doing that not just in terms of helping people be better photographers but just in terms of being happier people as well
1: yeah and uh, the world that we live in of the mobile phone the cameras on them now are tremendous and there's so much more to them than just what you do as you when you open it up you can just hit the button and press the button and oh look there's a photograph there's so much more you can do. And if you if you have an interest, as you say, in the world around you and cataloging it for yourself and for your family, then there's no better way than with a mobile phone.
0: So how can people find you on social media and, and your website as well?
1: Is this where I plug myself now?
0: Yeah, plug away. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll add this to the show notes as well so people can <laughs> click directly to you.
1: Okay, so I have uh, an Instagram account which is at MCFCShaz. And people keep saying to me, why don't you change that from at MCFC Shaz? And I'm not because I'm MCFC still
0: a- stands for Man City Football Club, doesn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah, I am still a City fan. Yeah. So even though I'm a photographer, you know, and I'm not getting away from my past. So it's on Instagram, it's at MCFC Shaz. Yeah.
0: Um
1: on Twitter, it's at Snapper Shaz. Snapper Shaz. And then I have a shiny bright website. Ooh. Shiny, shiny website.
0: So um, what's the address of that so people can, can find amazing, you there?
1: Amazingly enough, it's SharonLatham.com. Oh, really? That's good. Yes. And, Simple, and, effective. Yeah, SharonLatham.com. La-
0: Sharon and Latham is L-A-T-H-A-M, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and Sharon is just one R.
0: Yeah. Have you got photos on your, on your um, SharonLatham.com?
1: Oh, it's all photos. Magic. All photos and different setups from uh, commissions that I've done of commercial shoots to man city action stuff to music photography to some really nice and i'm really proud of portrait shots of various individuals as well
0: and i'm guessing on your social media as you're as you're jet setting around the world doing you know film festivals or or noel gallagher gigs or whichever other glamorous thing that you're taking a photograph you shared the odd one of those on social media as well
1: i do yes my instagram um account is is well followed and and i get a lot of good responses on my instagram account and twitter i'll tweet out as whatever as often as i can i'm not brilliant with words so i'm always good with pictures okay so yeah so twitter so twitter and instagram are the two key ones instagram is is one of my favorites I, i do love twitter don't get me wrong but i do end up just putting pictures on rather than words that's I'm cool. a
0: terrible speller. Well, that's what people want from you, I think. Well, thanks yeah. very much, uh, Shaz. It's been fantastic talking to you and no, no sharing problem, your you. journey and everything and and giving us an insight into what it's been like as a photographer, both from the technical side, the creative side. It's just been fascinating stuff.
1: No problem. Thank you very much for your time. All
0: right, it's a pleasure. Take care. Bye. Bye. So a big thanks there to Sharon Latham for that fascinating insight into an extraordinary life. The Alan Parry podcast is now available on iTunes and all your favourite podcast players, so here's a request for some help. If you like the show, please go to iTunes and give it a five-star review. That would really help me out lots. And if you enjoyed today's show in particular, please share it on social media and tell your friends so that they can enjoy it too. And of course, you can also visit alanparry.com, spelled A-L-U-N, where you'll find all of our past episodes and all of my many blog posts too. And most of all, as ever, thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.